It is Monday, July 31st. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Jonathan Taylor wants out. And the trade deadline fast approaching. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with the Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. The Indianapolis Colts and Jonathan Taylor at an impasse. Aaron Rodgers says, keep my coach's name out your mouth. And baseball trade deadline madness. The Angels all in. Uh, But let's start with. The Indianapolis Colts. Come on, the Will, the Will Smith, Aaron Rodgers. Like, that was yeah, funny, that was right? Good. That was that, good. That was funny. And <laughs> listen, the Colts are the Colts are not known as an organization who uh, are really strong in the ownership area, uh, historically. They're a little quirky in the ownership yeah, area. Yeah, that's one word for it. Um, but things have gone awry with Jonathan Taylor and the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. So this is what's happened over the weekend. Well, first off, let's, let's go back. Jonathan Taylor failed his pre-training camp physical. Okay. According to reports that failed physical was because of a combination of the ankle injury, which he had surgery on this off season, as well as a previously discussed or non-discussed back issue. The Colts reportedly unaware of the back issue until last week. This is what the Colts are saying, that Jonathan Taylor reported a back issue. That back issue did not was not sustained while playing football, certainly while not playing for the Indianapolis Colts mm-hmm. because he never talked about a prior back injury. This all stems now from what happened over the weekend where Jonathan Taylor, who wanted a contract extension, met with team owner Jim Irsay, and Jim Irsay is like, we ain't getting a contract, and Jonathan Taylor's like, well, I want to be traded. So now the reports of this back injury come out. Jonathan Taylor goes to X, Twitter, right, and says, quote, Never had back pain, never reported back pain, not sure whose sources are, but find new ones. This is what Jim Ursay had to say about the situation. If I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor's out of the league, no one's going to miss us. The league goes on. I mean, you know, we know that. The national football rolls on. It doesn't matter, you know, who, who comes and who goes. Uh, you know, and, and it's a privilege to be part of it. And now's the time you know, for us to do our work. It's now is a time as an organization and, um, you know, players that are, you know, 24, 25 years old. Now is a time to seize the moment of greatness. And so Ursay <laughs> That doesn't sound like love. No. So Ursay says, um, we're not given any contract extension. And Taylor's like, well, I want to be traded. They're, they don't want to trade him. And Ursay is just like, listen, uh, you don't mean anything. You're in the grand scheme of things. But to his credit, he also said, I don't mean anything. Because he said, if I die and Taylor's out of the league, guess what? No one's going to miss us. I mean, the Colts fans will miss him, you know. But no, Taylor. <laughs> very funny. <laughs> but I think, you know, 
I, I, I don't know what to make of this because on one hand, I applaud the owner for sticking to his guns, right? But kind of like Jerry Jones with the whole Zach Martin thing. He's like, hey, you have to honor your contracts. And well, Jim Irsay is like, well, we're not giving you a contract extension. And Taylor's like, all right, well, then trade me. And then now the whole thing that makes this just weird is the reports now about, well, Taylor failed this physical because of a back injury. And Taylor's like, I don't have a back injury. So I don't know what's what with the Indianapolis Colts. All I know is that this relationship might not be salvageable. Here's a question for you. And, you know, again, I'm not on the inside of all this. You're not either. So I'm, I'm just asking your opinion. Like, does this feel like Taylor asking for a trade is overkill like or his agent is asking for a trade or what, what do you think is behind this is this captive in the moment type thing like running backs are devalued now he says hey i'm i'm different i want to get mine i don't I did think lead the league in rushing 2021 josh jacobs did last year and mm-hmm. guess what he don't have a contract either yep. no i'm gonna i guess i shouldn't say this with any real certainty but i'm gonna say it with like 90 percent certainty I don't think a team in the league would give Jonathan Taylor $16 million a year. Like, I, I don't think there is one. And if he thinks there is, he's out of his mind. Like he's not reading the room. And this is just a, this is a weird situation where it feels like he wants more. He's not going to get more. Okay. Well, I want out, but he's not going to get what he wants anywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't think like if that's the the goal is like $16 million a year. That's not coming for running backs anytime soon. Well, this is what Ursay said to NFL Network's Albert Breer via a text message when the trade request was reported, quote, we're not trading Jonathan, end of discussion, not now, and not in October. And this is where this back pain, or, you know, accused back pain or whatever it is, and the back pain back and forth between Jonathan Taylor and the Colts comes into play. Because if he goes on the non-football uh, injury, injury list. list. Yep. Basically, he could stay there all year, and if he doesn't play, he doesn't get paid. His contract is told, which is I think so, that's why he's putting it out there. Say I don't have back pain, never reported back pain, because he wants to get paid, and if he's on that non-football injury list, he doesn't get paid. And when I say contract told, means he he would not only not get paid this year, he would not get a year of service time either. So mm-hmm. like. If he wants to be out of this contract, he'd have to play this year, next year. So it would do him no good whatsoever if that were to happen. So it's so like these are the kind of things that happen between teams and players that can't be fixed. Yeah, like there's this isn't you know something that is going to be smoothed over over time. Like we talked about this a lot with Lamar Jackson, and it never got to the point where I thought that was the case. But like there were times it was teetering on that. Mm It's like, oh, boy, it's like Lamar Jackson going to want to come back and play here ever. But this, like if if the Colts have actually threatened this, and again, it's just reports, so I mm-hmm. don't know if that's true or not. But if they've even brought that to the, the table, Jonathan Taylor's not going to play for the Colts after his contract ends. Like he's he's just not. Here's what Jim Irsay tweeted out last week on Wednesday about the running backs and the issues with their contracts and whatnot. He says, quote, NFL running back situation. We have negotiated a CBA that took years of effort and hard work and compromise in good faith by both sides to say now that a specific player category wants another negotiation after the fact 
is inappropriate. Some agents are selling bad faith. And then Jonathan Taylor's agent said, quote, bad faith is not paying your top offensive player. Mm. But both sides have points here. No doubt. The thing with that the Jim Irsay, and I don't want to be like, oh, I'm anti-player and I'm on, I'm on the side of the the, million, the billionaires in the, in the argument of billionaires versus millionaires, but he's right. There was a CBA. This was collectively bargained. This is something that the franchise tag's been out there. The con- And it's not like Jonathan Taylor's not on the franchise tag. Jonathan Taylor's getting paid. He's just not getting paid like what he wants to get paid. Well, and again, like I said, I, I don't think that's coming. I don't, I don't think the money that Jonathan Taylor's talking about is coming from the Colts or from anybody, at least not anytime soon. Not, not with the league in the, the place where it is with running backs, I mean, whether you gonna agree with it or not. He's going to be a agent at the end of the year. Like, just play out the season and then get paid big bucks. That, that's what it, well, but who gets paid big bucks when their contract's up? Yeah. Or do you get franchised, which is entirely possible? Well, if he gets franchised, he's going to make $13 million next year. That's not what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's... It's a relationship that I don't think is uh, ever going to be the same. No. And it makes me sour on the Indianapolis Colts for this season. Well, I mean. Not like I was high on them anyway with a rookie quarterback. But but let's just face it. I would look down on the Indianapolis Colts. No doubt. Like what if you say, okay, well, the Colts have a rookie running back. He's a runner. um, And. You know what? But what? So what do they have going for him? It's Jonathan Taylor. They've got one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL. If Jonathan Taylor's not playing this year, what is there to like about the Colts' offense? Nothing. I, I don't think. I mean, Quentin Nelson's good, but who's he blocking yeah. for? So that that puts Zach Moss. that puts him in a weird spot. And it, yeah, I, I'm. Would it be surprising to you if I said, looking at the Indianapolis Colts' win totals right now, uh, they've not budged with this news? The Indianapolis Colts are at six and a half. Juice to the over, minus 120. Not not a cent of movement off of this Jonathan Taylor discussion. I think the movement, because it's a running back. I mean, I know he's an elite running back, but I think the movement will come once they officially name a starting quarterback. Like right now, Gardner Minshew is listed as the starter, but should it be Anthony Richardson? We don't know. I think once the team actually comes out and names a starter, I think then you might see some movement on the, on the win total. Yeah, and I don't know when that's happening. It may be well into camp, and it may, like, Again, it goes back to if if the Colts aren't going to have Jonathan Taylor, does it make more sense to just go ahead and see, start start using up that Anthony Richardson ticket and see what yeah, you got there? I would. Because I would. the only reason you'd prefer to play Gardner Minshew is if you feel like you've got a chance to win the division. That's true. Yeah. Like, otherwise, like, the, what's the, the long-term no, goal no. of, of Gardner Minshew isn't, like, it's not for him unless to be a long-term trying to, Unless starter. you're just trying to protect the rookie. Yeah. I mean, so if... If Gardner Minshew's the better option right now, but the Colts aren't going anywhere, what's the point of going with the better option right now? You go ahead and start the future now and start the uh, start to see what you've got with Richardson. Well, moving on to uh, New York or New Jersey. Get it? My guy. Yeah, Florham Park. <laughs> uh, well, the Jets uh, and the Broncos' rivalry is heating up. Those two teams will play each other in week five of the season. But remember last week we had the comments made by Sean Payton about Nathaniel Hackett, the former Broncos head coach, who is now the Jets' offensive coordinator. He was also the former Packers' offensive coordinator for Aaron Rodgers during his back-to-back MVP seasons. And uh, this weekend Aaron Rodgers responded to Sean Payton. My love for Hack goes deep. You know, we had uh, some great years together in Green Bay. Kept in touch. 
Um, love him and his family. He's an incredible family man, incredible dad. And on the field, you know, he's arguably my favorite coach I've ever had in the NFL. Just his approach to it, how he makes it fun, uh, how he cares about the guys, uh, just how he goes about his business with respect, with leadership, with honesty, with integrity. And it made me feel bad that someone who's accomplished a lot in the league is that insecure that they have to take another man down to set themselves up for some sort of easy fall if it doesn't go well for that team this year. thought it was way out of line and appropriate, and I think he needs to keep uh, my coach's names out of his mouth. You know, if Sean Payton's not careful, he's going to get smacked. <laughs> he could. <laughs> he could. Yeah, that's uh, – I mean – Listen, he's saying the uh, saying the right things. Like he, this is Aaron Rodgers trying to defend his guy, trying to make it. But the truth is, like you can't deny what it was. Like Sean it was a terrible coaching. He job, didn't yes. lie. And but still, the NFL coaching it's supposed to be a fraternity, right? All these coaches they're supposed to stick up for each other. Seems like, to be how like it normally you, you, is. Like you don't talk about. Uh, a job opening that a job that's not open, right? right? Because you don't, out of respect for the current coach that's employed there, you yep. don't you don't do that. So for Sean Payton and Sean Payton, since he's he's walked back his comments, he's like, oh, I still had my Fox analyst hat on, yeah. instead of my coaching hat on, whatever. Like, he, obviously, he said what he felt, and I, I think the Jets are going to take this personally. The Jets are one point favorites right now in Denver, Week Five. Would you bet that right now? No. Um, I, I don't. I don't know that I like either side. Fez made a good argument for uh, for the Jets, or but it does feel like I, the Broncos are such an unknown to me. And really, so are the Jets. They have the same situation. They both have a quarterback who I know has to be better than what they were last year. Both seemingly are in a better spot right now than they were a year ago mm-hmm. because obviously there was a lot of strife in Green Bay for Rodgers. And, you know, there was a bad coach for yep. Russell Wilson. So those are two teams that I don't feel comfortable enough about my uh, – I don't I don't feel like I've got them pegged enough mm-hmm. that I can say I'd bet that game today. The Jets will be coming off of a Sunday night game against the Chiefs. So tough opponent, short week. The Broncos will be coming off just a road game at the Bears. Where is that game at Denver? It's in Denver, yeah. That's the right now the Jets are minus one. Yeah, it, it's it's a, a look away for me right now. I will tell you what, I will take the over in that game or the Jets team total over because I think no matter, let's say the Jets are winning, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to want to run up the score. I could see that. And I think Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett will want to run up the score. So if they're losing, I still like the over in that game because, and obviously we don't have total, it's a week five. Sure. But. You know, if it's like a high 30s total or a low 40s because it's in Denver and it's the Broncos and the Jets. I don't know. I don't know what these offenses are going to look like this year. We'll find out. But I think right now, based on these comments, Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers have that game circled. And there will be an effort to show what type of coach Nathaniel Hackett is during that game. And guess what? This is great. We love storylines in the NFL. And when we get to week five, October 8th, that's going to be what everybody's talking about. No doubt. A game that most people would just look right past on the schedule, something yep. that people are interested in. If you look at the schedule for that week five, Sunday night, Dallas at San Francisco. Okay. All right. Decent matchup. Monday night, Green Bay at Las Vegas. Nobody cares about that. Uh, the marquee early game in the early window. Well, we have uh, the London game that week. So Buffalo and Jacksonville. In London, yeah. that's the 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. 
The best 1 o'clock Eastern time game, maybe it's Ravens-Steelers. I mean, here's your schedule. It's it's Houston-Atlanta, boo. Carolina-Detroit, boo. Tennessee-Indy, boo. Uh, Giants-Dolphins, that's a good game. New Orleans-New England, boo. Maybe it's Baltimore-Pittsburgh. And then your one o'clock, and then your your one o'clock Pacific, four o'clock Eastern time games: Eagles, Rams, whatever; Bengals, Arizona, whatever; Chiefs, Vikings, decent game. Yeah. Denver, New York. Yeah. That's all everyone's I mean, going to talk about. Listen, Denver, New York would be right in there with those whatever games. Yeah. If this wouldn't have happened, yeah. It's it would it'd be just another throwaway game on the schedule. So at least I'll there's tell you what reason for excitement. You know, it, it's uh, I bet you. Romo and Nance are scheduled. It's a CBS game. Are scheduled to be Kansas City, Minnesota, probably that day, right? Because that's the best game yeah. of the day on CBS. Or maybe Baltimore, Pittsburgh in the early window. I don't know. I, I would assume it's it's anytime you get the Chiefs and you have the Vikings, you know, thirteen one team, whatever. I would assume it would be the Chiefs, Minnesota. He's probably like, ooh, Tony, drama in Denver. <laughs> I don't know, Jim. We go see Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> they're, they're deciding where they want to go right yeah. now. <laughs> Speaking of the Minnesota Vikings, who have a week five matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs, good matchup. They'll have Daniil Hunter on the field for that matchup. Yes, they will. Which is important. Uh, he was one of the guys who the deal wasn't done yet. He was holding in. <laughs> yeah, I love that comment. Uh, showing up at camp and not doing anything. And now he's, he's full go. Uh, $20 million. New deal, or at least can be up to $20 million, $17 million guaranteed, uh, $3 million in sack incentives for Hunter. And they cannot use the franchise tag or the transition tag on him next season. And I think that's the big part of these deals. Like, they, the players want to make sure, because they want to avoid that franchise tag, they want to make sure that, yes, they get paid for this season, but they want the they want to be able to sign that long-term deal. Next season, they don't. Sure. They don't. They don't want to have the franchise tag be an option. So I think you're going to start to see that negotiating piece go into all these contracts moving forward. Yeah, and you're going to see a, a key year for the Vikings pass rushers as both Daniel Hunter and Marcus Davenport playing on one year deals now. Uh, Davenport's making 13 mil. So uh, these two guys with a lot to prove this season to see who gets paid in the off season. Uh, a couple other news and notes around training camp. The Seahawks are dealing with injuries to both running backs, Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet, both missing practice. And the Seahawks, Pete Carroll said they're just going to take it easy with both of these guys. Uh, Walker's week to week, and uh, Charbonnet uh, has discomfort in his shoulder. So both those running backs will be out. Probably won't see them uh, early on in the preseason, it's going to be probably DJ Dallas, Kenny McIntosh. Those are going to be the guys that are going to be running the football for the Seahawks here early on in the preseason schedule. The Bengals get another quarterback just, you know, because of Joe Burrow's injury. They need somebody that's going to take preseason snaps. I love when it gets reported about a quarterback signing in preseason and people are like, oh, wow, this, this means something. This means something. Like Reed Sinnett, who is signed – to the Bengals because of the Joe Burrow injury, it's not going to make this team. He's a practice squad guy. Yeah. But when you play preseason games, somebody's got to take those snaps. And right now, all they have is Trevor Simeon and Jake Browning. So someone's got to take the snaps. And that's why you're going to see a lot of guys get signed. Uh, Chris Strebler for the Jets is going to be playing in the preseason. 
someone's got to take these snaps, right? You got to play the games yeah, and you don't, in the preseason. You've got to play the games, and you don't want to risk the players that matter. Exactly. So uh, not a big story there, but just interesting, something to keep an eye on. And uh, Tyrone Wheatley Jr. of the Browns was at hurt during a fight that broke out between him and his teammates. There's a lot of at fight training camps camp. going on. Travis Kelsey throws a punch over the weekend at a teammate. Like, what is going on? Coaches What's in like the water? that, though. Coaches like that. They, 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 you know, guys get heated. That's okay. what happens. Listen, it's hot out there. You're tired. You're not in shape. Uh, people are trying to make the team, and other guys are just kind of, you know, just trying to get through training camp. You don't want to be out there. You're waiting so you can go get a snack, and somebody gets on your nerves. And it shows that you want your team to have a little fight. All right. But it's always better to fight during fight those, the other team. Exactly. During those joint practices. Yeah. Take it out on another team. You know, but training camp can be a fun time. Guy, you know, it's like everyone's just waiting to hit somebody else instead of hitting each other for a while. Fair enough. I'm RJ Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas and they got a water bottle and they got like a celery chopped up and Let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1. And all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that, that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and Five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With Pick 6, you're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18-PLUS in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. The Major League Baseball trade deadline a day away, and the Angels, one of the busier teams out there. They bolster their lineup, acquiring C.J. Crone and Randall Grichuk from the Rockies. This after, they get pitchers Lucas Gilito and Reynaldo Lopez from the White Sox last week. So the Angels, one of the busier teams buying 
here at the trade deadline. Currently, right now, the Angels sit four games out of a wild card spot in the American League. But I'll say this, AJ. Some would view these moves as a team that's going for it this year. Whether they make the playoffs or not, the fact that they are active and acquiring players shows Shohei Otani that they're serious about making a postseason run. And even if they miss the playoffs, if they sign Otani because of this, because of the confidence he has in the organization, and that's what they're trying to show him, then it's all worth it. I don't care that Giolito and Ronaldo and Lopez are rentals. I don't care that they're giving away prospects. If it helps you re-sign Otani, make all the trades in the world. I, I mean, I like the philosophy, and I like that they are going for it, but it's hard to have faith in an organization that has had the consensus best player in the world on it for the last decade and has won zero playoff games. And then they've had the the consensus best player in the world for the last three, four years. Mm-hmm. Like both of them at the same time still haven't won a playoff game. At some point, like you can be serious all you want, but you're just not a content or you're not a, a championship caliber team. Yeah, it I just, feels like that's what the Angels are. I just think these moves are maybe you know they'll, they'll say, hey, we're trying to make the playoffs this year. I think it's more about just showing Otani that you're serious because he wants to play for a contender. And he doesn't want to play for a team that trades off assets, that tanks, us, that tanks, that says, hey, you know, we're going to see what these young kids have, and we know we're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. He wants to be on a team that says, hey, we are going to make the playoffs. And so even, like I said, even if they don't make it, but Otani feels confident in management, upper management, because he sees them going out and acquiring players, and he re-signs, it's all worth it. Give up all the prospects in the world just to re-sign Otani. It, it, it's worth it. And Crone used to play for the Angels, so he welcome. Come back home. Yeah. Nice. Uh, elsewhere, the Rangers stay busy as well. They they get Max Scherzer over the weekend from the Mets for Ronald Acuna's little brother, by the way, who's a stud yeah. prospect. He's I think he's the 44th prospect ranked in all of baseball right now. They acquire more pitching, getting Jordan Montgomery from the uh, Cardinals, the Cardinals beginning their sell-off. They they sent reliever Jordan Hicks to the Blue Jays, so the Cardinals beginning their fire sale. But the Rangers are serious about this. You know, they put Ivaldi on the IL, but now you got Scherzer, now you got a lefty in Montgomery trying to fill that pitching void. Yeah, and it's funny because there's four teams in that division competing for playoff spots and the Angels and the Rangers seem to be very serious about making a push. And, I mean, the Astros got Kendall Graveman, the back end of the bullpen, I guess, if, if he's still a back end of the bullpen guy. The Mariners haven't done much of anything. Like, it, it's it's really telling who's, who's trying to mm-hmm. go forward and who's kind of sitting on their laurels right now. Well, I think the Astros are uh, in discussions to bring back Justin Verlander yeah. from the Mets. Uh, Mets general manager Billy Epler said that the team is not in sell mode. Like, they, they are. You trade David Robertson, you trade Max Scherzer. I think what he was trying to say is that the exact quote was, quote, I do want to be clear that it's not a rebuild, it's not a fire sale, it's not a liquidation. Okay. You, you don't have to call it whatever you want to do. Yeah. Like, that's fine. But you just traded away one of your your two, like, when, when we talked about the Mets in this offseason, we we're like, Man, you get to a playoff series and you got to face Scherzer and Verlander. Yeah, you don't want to see that. Yeah, but they also they traded away a you know a thirty nine year old uh, pitcher that they're paying a lot of money to. They're still paying him a lot of money. Yeah, but now they got one of the <laughs> one of the bright young prospects in all of baseball in in Acuna. Which 
I'm not saying they did the wrong thing. Yeah. I'm just saying it is what it is. It's it's a fire sale. Yeah, well, it's a I liquidation. Think it, I, I think it's clear that Verlander's next. And I Verlander's so going to be going. There were reports as of late last night that the Dodgers were actively involved in discussions for Justin Verlander. I mean, he should be. I I would rather have Justin Verlander right now than Max Scherzer. Like he's to me feels like the more valuable asset today. Uh, the little, I mean, obviously Verlander's had a couple major injuries, but it's, it and he's feels older. like it's constant ticky tack injuries with Scherzer. Uh, and it just feels like if, if I, if I've got to trust a guy come playoff time, I, I feel like Justin Verlander has been more of a horse in his career. So that's who I would trust more. But again, whoever gets him, if somebody does get him, they, they uh, it's, it's a serious move. The thing with the Verlander situation is that he does have the no trade, so... He decides. Exactly. If the Dodgers are involved and if the Astros are involved, he probably says, I, I just I want to go back to Houston, right? I would think. I would assume so. I don't think there's there's no bad blood there that you know of. There's no... no it didn't burn any bridges. Nope. So I would think that, say, yeah, if the Astros were involved, even if, like, the Dodgers package was a little bit better... I think if Verlander had his way, it would be to go back to a place that he's comfortable. And that's certainly the, the the biggest issue for the Astros right now is, like, you see the prospects the Rangers are trading for Jordan Montgomery and for for Max Scherzer. Mm-hmm. The Astros don't have those types of prospects. Like, they, those guys don't exist in the Astros organization anymore. The Astros, have you, they've burned all that up to, to get to where they are now and to win a couple World Series. So mm-hmm. you can't blame them for doing it, but they just don't have that, you know, that, that depth in their organization – uh, that has top tier prospects to trade off right now. So, for in this instance, Verlander maybe wanting to be in Houston could be a good thing for them. Man, if the Mets can get back a like an everyday player, I said on like I, I said on X, the the Astros should trade Jeremy Pena for Justin Verlander. Wow, wow. I, I mean, I don't think it's crazy either. Like, I, I think I, Jeremy Pena was good last year. I don't know that he's ever going to be. It's a World Series MVP. Yeah, I don't know he's and ever so going to be then, better than. Then what, Mauricio Dubon plays shortstop? Yeah. Wow. I guess Bregman could. He could if he needed to, yeah. Uh, they've got a lot of options. They've I got... think if the Mets got Pena, I mean, the thing is, where does he play third? And then and then Lindor stays at short. I would assume he would play third or second. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, obviously you've got a you've got your shortstop, but you could find a place for Jeremy Pena. That's a talented young player. And the other the other name that's popped around a lot, at least that I've heard, is Chaz McCormick, who is having a fantastic year mm-hmm. with the bat. Uh, but again, that the Astros, you're talking about a guy who's really kept them afloat. When Kyle Tucker was was down and out, and when Jordan was down and out, mm-hmm. Jose Altuve was out. Like it, Chaz McCormick kept this team going for a while, so maybe a big loss. But if that's what it takes, like Chaz, it, you're never going to say, "Oh, we were a Chaz McCormick away from winning the World <laughs> Series." Uh, it's easy to say we were a Justin Verlander away from winning the World Series. Absolutely. Well, the trade deadline is tomorrow, so there's going to be a lot of moves that get done. Later on today, keep it locked in. We'll be on Twitter. We'll react to it. And then tomorrow morning, of course, we'll have the latest as we gear you up for deadline day. You know, um, one of the things that I find fascinating is the Cubs winning lately. They they had their eight-game winning streak snapped yesterday, but they still won eight out of ten. And now it, it's it's pretty obvious they're not going to trade. They're not going to trade Cody Bellinger. No. And... They did exactly what we thought that you or what you thought the Cardinals might do. Yes. Like go on some wild run. Go on a tear. Yep. And the Cubs have done that. The, the 
Cardinals have actually gone the other way yep. since their little streak. Cubs are three and a half out of a wild card spot. Uh, yeah, and they're they're only four out of first only place. Only four out of the division. Yep. No reason to think that they can't make something happen. Yeah, so I don't think the Cubs wind up being sellers at all. In fact, they might actually be buyers. And like I said, the list of teams in the National League with a better run differential than the Cubs, the Braves, the Dodgers, the Padres. Those, I, are, those are pretty good rosters. <laughs> if that's the, If you're the fourth best run differential in that group, you're doing okay. Right now, the Cubs are 5-1 to one to win the Central. I'd make that bet. I like it. The plus 500, I'd make that bet right now. I like it because the Brewers are going to melt in the last month of the season. That's what uh, the I don't, and, I, and I don't trust the Reds. It's hard to trust the Reds, although they're playing good ball too. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why the Cubs aren't gaining ground yep. uh, in that division is because the, the Reds keep winning as well. All right, let's take a look at the schedule here for Monday, and we'll start with the Phillies at the Marlins. Taiwan Walker on the mound for Philly. Edward Cabrera for Miami. Phillies minus 115 on the road. The Brewers are at the Nationals. Corbin Burns for Milwaukee. Jake Irvin for D.C. Milwaukee minus 205. That's a massive price for the Brewers on the road. Yeah, no thanks. That's too much of a price. Yankees are at the Rays. Tyler Glass now for uh, Tampa and Domingo Herman for the Yankees. Boy. Yankees struggling still. Yeah, Luis like, Severino gave up seven runs in the first inning. Luis you know, Severino's you, bad. He's just he send to the bullpen. Like he, he needs to get the Alec Manoa treatment. Yeah. Like go, go rookie down to, ball. Yeah, go down to rookie ball for a while, see if you can figure it out. Uh the Orioles are at the Blue Jays. Kyle Gibson goes for Baltimore. Chris Bassett for Toronto. Toronto's minus one forty five. Uh this will be my best bet on the show here. We're gonna go with Toronto at home here. Sunday night fade. Orioles coming off the emotional series win against the Yankees. Now travel to Toronto and Chris Bassett. Bassett with the massive home road splits at home this year. Bassett a 2.24 ERA. He's six and one with a opponent's batting average 1.67. So best bet for the show. We're going to go Toronto minus 145 over the Orioles, fading the Orioles off Sunday night baseball. I dig it, and the, the Blue Jays uh, just took two out of three from the Angels, mm-hmm. who, are, who are all in. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the Blue Jays just keep winning baseball games. So, yeah, I, I like that play. Angels are at the Braves. Griffin Canning goes for L.A. Charlie Morton for Atlanta. Atlanta minus 235. That's a big number. Reds are at the Cubs. Andrew Abbott for Cincinnati. Marcus Stroman. For the Cubbies, Cubs are minus 125, and if I like them to win the division at 5-1, to one, I like them to take two, at least two of three here from Cincinnati and creep up the standings, and I think it starts with Marcus Stroman here on Monday night. Guardians are at the Astros. Noah Syndergaard makes his debut for the Guardians. J.P. France goes for the Astros. Astros minus 190. This is a big price. This is a big price for J.P. France, but Noah Syndergaard stinks. Yeah, J.P. France has been quietly phenomenal for the Astros. Like, he was a guy that there was nothing expected of him uh, this season, and he's done nothing but perform uh, for the past month or so. Just keeps going out and and pitching gym. So, I, I, again, I'm with you. That's a a big number. Uh, I'm I'm not looking to lay it, but – the pitching matchup is clearly in favor of Houston. And 
as it is against most teams or most teams against the Guardians, they've got the lineup edge as well. Yep. Seth Lugo goes for the Padres in Colorado against the Rockies. Austin Gomber for Colorado. San Diego minus 205, but with the Rockies now trading Chrome and Grichuk, uh, this is uh, a team that's just in tank mode the rest of the year. It has to be. Red Sox at the Mariners. Nick Pavetta for Boston. George Curry for Seattle. Seattle's minus 135. And the Diamondbacks at the Giants. Ryan Nelson for Arizona. Alex Cobb for San Francisco. Quick recap of the weekend in fight sports. Errol Spence was outclassed. Uh, Terrence Crawford. That was one of the biggest ass kickings I've seen in a fight that was that was billed as like the best, most even yeah. fight of of all time yeah. or whatever. Like when you, it's like saying I was surprised money had come in so much on Crawford. I was just like, man, it's gotten to be, and I eventually made a bet on it. Plus 140, yeah. I, I got down on Errol Spence because I said, I thought this was like close to a coin flip fight. It opened at about a coin flip. It and was like money just kept coming. And it, was, it, was it was like for good watching reason. a blowout in the Super Bowl or something like that, where you're supposed to have the best of the best, the two best teams going at it. And one is so much better than the other. Yeah, it was the the San Francisco 49ers against the L.A. Chargers. Uh, it was one of those Super Bowls. It was San Diego. Oh, yeah, I guess it was the San Diego Chargers. Then I apologize, San Diegans. Uh, it never felt like there was a, a burst coming from Errol Spence. Like after the first few rounds, I was just like, oh, boy, this it was one way traffic from round three on. It was just domination. I mean, early in the fight. I said Spence had never been dropped. Well, that's changed now dr drastically. Uh, it, just an incredible performance by Bud Crawford, who may be the best pound-for-pound -pound fighter in the world, even as he gets close to age 40. Uh, pretty incredible stuff. And then in UFC, again, a, a shockingly masterful performance from Justin Gaethje, and he lands a big shot that ends the fight early, puts Dustin Poirier out. Uh, Herb Dean does a an elbow drop uh, <laughs> to save him, but just an incredible performance by Justin Gaethje. And I'm I'm guessing somewhere down the road, we get a third fight between those two guys as it's now one one between them. Um, and again, the the first round, which was round five of mm -hmm. them, fantastic. Like I want to see them fight all the time. Like it's a it's certainly. Good. It's a it's a, a good fight to build, an easy fight to build, and a fun fight to watch. So, uh, congratulations to Justin Gaethje for winning that um, the imaginary belt, but for really putting himself into title contention, which was the goal. And the most entertaining part of the night, Derek Lewis. Oh, what his, a guy! His first round knockout, his post fight interview. He is the most entertaining man in the sport. No doubt. Uh, he, he, and he was incredible in the fight as well. Never in yeah. doubt. Like, he just went in and uh, took Dana a Dana White's like, were you, were you planning the whole time on starting out with that flying knee? And he goes, hell no. <laughs> he goes, it just came to me. He's like, he's like, I've been waiting two years to hit somebody. Did you plan to open with that flying knee? Hell no. Did you plan to open with that flying knee? Hell no. I just said... I just said, let me throw some bullshit, see if it lands. And I did. It, it landed perfect. Yeah. Did you plan to take your shorts off? I didn't. My balls got, you know, your big head got a man in his arms. Maybe the best, the best part of the night, I would say, is what we gave out here on the show. The best bet that we gave for the fights was the, the Bonfim and uh, Trevin Giles under one under and a half one and rounds. A half. That ended early.
60 seconds yeah we're out of here let's get this money get out of here so that was that that helped certainly if you'd like uh more of that insight you can head to pregame.com and get yourself a daily best bet package or a season-long subscription package we're running discounted packages right now for football season you can get a combo college football and pro football you can choose your favorite capper or we have a variety of packages offered available to you like the steve fezzik nfl and the aj and myself college football bonus package you get all three of us for the price of one. Take advantage of that and take advantage of this 20% off coupon for pregame.com members. Use the code FAME20, F-A-M-E 20. That'll get you 20% off at pregame.com. If you're not a pregame.com member, take 60 seconds, shorter than that UFC fight, and sign up for free, and you'll get your free $25 site credit just for signing up. Once again, the promo code to save 20% is FAME20 at pregame.com. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. AM.